Hey guys, so before we jump into the episode, I wanted to quickly apologize. Morgan and I, we had so much fun recording this episode, but apparently one of us tried to eat the microphone throughout the episode, and I tried to edit out some of the the background noise, and I just couldn't. So I wanted to apologize for that. We're still learning how to do this thing, and we also just wanted to say thank you for listening. And with that being said, let's jump into the episode with my big hello. Hello, and welcome to A Common Life Podcast, where it's our vision to see empowered and well-informed families living seasonally and connected to the land. And in this episode, I finally have my beautiful bride back with me, Morgan. Hello. Hey, Morgan. How are you? <laughs> so we're going to have an awesome episode. We're going to be previewing our winter issue of The Common. But before we do that, I want to put a plug in for A Common Life. Morgan and I, we started this because we really do want to come alongside people and families who want to garden and live seasonally, but just don't know where to start and get overwhelmed at even the thought of starting a garden or keeping a garden. When our friends would ask us for help with their garden, we never felt like we could give them the help and resources they really needed to be comfortable getting after it. So after a walk with the Lord one day, Morgan set out to create a common life as a place where people could get beautiful, rich, and simple information that would help them connect with the land they'd been given. So if you want step-by-step, month-by-month guidance on gardening and living seasonally, check out our website, acommonlife.co, where you can learn more about what we offer. And if you have any questions or just want to connect, feel free to send me an email. You will find it in the show notes on Spotify. All right, well, let's jump into this episode. So, Morgan. Taylor. The season of dreaming. (laughs) The winter. What do you think of whenever you think of winter? Misery. (laughs) Um, No, it's not. No, no. I am learning to love winter, and I... That's kind of what my poem is about this season Um, and that, you know, our issue is titled Season of Dreaming because that is what we love about winter is that it's a time not necessarily to be productive, but more to turn inward and to dream instead of produce. So one of the things I wrote in the um, essay is, it's a time to sit quiet and to unclutter my being, step into the cold and notice birds are still singing, chats by the fire with hot drinks in hand, talking and laughing about our big plans, cozy and snuggling under blankets galore, I'm starting to dream less of the seashore. Because, to be honest, it's cold. And not necessarily always enjoyable, especially with little kids. Yeah, and so hard. you're and you're not outside as much, you know. But instead of looking at it as it's cold and miserable, and I'm not outside, one, make yourself go outside, and two, cozy up by the fire and dream and look through seed catalogs. I think that's my favorite thing is to look through seed catalogs, and then want to plant everything. 
Yeah, that's definitely one of my favorite things, too. And it never fails. You forget about the weeds. You forget about how hard it is to fit all the things that you want to in your garden. And you end up buying tons of seeds. Tons of seeds. You're dreaming of Eden. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, it is definitely the season of dreaming. And there, there are still some things to do uh, if you want to have your garden rolling come spring. So maybe we can talk about some of the things that are in this issue that uh, you're going to be doing to have your garden ready to roll. Great. Okay. Well, in December, really not going to be doing too much in December. You're just going to be harvesting greens, root vegetables, and replenishing the mulch with the falling leaves. Get your seed books. Order those seeds. And in this episode, or sorry, in this issue, the winter issue, we put a resource page that has a list of all the seed companies that we've used in the past. A lot it's of, on the website. Yeah, yeah, it's on the website. But, you know, when you get the, you'll get your issue, go to the QR code, snap that, it'll take you right there. And you'll see a link to our resource page with all of the seed companies that we've used. There's some smaller seed companies in there and some bigger ones as well. Okay, so if somebody did not have a fall garden, but they're planning on having a spring and summer garden. Mm -hmm. In the space that they're planning on doing that, why is it important, like you say in the issue, to replenish mulch with fallen leaves? Why is that important? Because you want to put mulch down wherever your garden is going to be in the spring. So it'll go ahead and start smothering out all the weeds. You mean in the winter? Yeah, go ahead and replenish that. Yeah, replenish that. So if you had a garden in the fall, regardless, you're going to want to replenish your mulch now because all the leaves have fallen. So now's Mm -hmm. the time to be collecting your leaves for mulch. So that you build your soil up. Yeah, so what a good thing about mulch is it protects your soil, insulates your soil, and it helps the soil hold water. Eventually, the leaves will break down and provide great organic matter for your plants. It smothers out the weeds. Um, yeah, and I love yeah. leaves. That's what we use. The best part about mulch and and the leaves in our garden is it smothers out the weeds. Mm-hmm. I mean, we hardly we have never any. we never weed. I mean, barely. Yeah, we we hardly ever weed. Yeah, we never till. That's something else. And for members, if if you're already a member, you you should have seen some of the articles we've posted about how to take care of your weeds and keep your weed problem down. That's the best part about our garden and what I want more people to to know about is like we literally never weed. Mm-hmm. It's just a beautiful garden all the time. It's pretty sweet. It is. It's not hard. So that's what you're going to be doing in December. Um, all right. So January and February, we're going to be seeding stuff indoors. So January, mm-hmm. you're seeding broccoli, kale, cabbage, head lettuce, celery, kohlrabi. You're going to be seeding that indoors. And we tell you how to do that, how to seed indoors, all the stuff that you need for that. Um, that is on the digital side of the common. And February, you're going to be seeding your tomatoes, peppers, basil, eggplants, Swiss chard. All those things are going to be seeded in February. And then in February, you're actually going to be seeding into the garden. Uh, potatoes, peas, radishes, parsley, all that is going directly into your garden. In February. Yeah. And then in late February, you're going to be hardening off your transplants. 
that you seeded in January. So all the things that you seeded in January, uh, like your broccoli, kale, cabbage, towards the end of February, they're going to be looking good on the bigger side, a couple of two or three, four true leaves. And you're going to start hardening them off, which just means taking them outside, introducing them slowly to the elements, like direct sunlight, the cold, the wind. And again, we have another article on the digital side that that tells you and walks you through how to harden off plants. But I think about it like a baby. You know, you're taking your little baby seedlings and you're going to introduce them to the cold for maybe just, what, an hour the first time, a couple hours, then you bring it back in, let it get all nice and warm. So you're acclimating them to get used to it before you just stick them in the ground. Yeah, I say like an hour a day. Each day, so the first day, one hour, the second day, two hours, the third day, three hours, so forth and so on for about a week. And then that last day, it's basically out all day. Ready to be planted. Okay, what's Um, next? So then that was kind of in the garden section. Outside the garden, contact those seed companies. You're going to want to do that in December. You know, a couple of times we've done it in, especially COVID year, we started ordering seeds late and a lot of the seed companies were out. I mean, people just you know, freak out. And with the Ukrainian Russian thing going on and all the other mess in the world, you really can't ever order seeds too early. December is when those seed companies are going to start sending out those magazines. And a lot of them will do it for free. They'll send you one for free. You just have to request it. So do that in December. And then January, February, it's going to be January, you're going to be getting ready to seed. So you're going to want to get all your seed equipment ready, sterilized, ready to start seeding. And then February, um, we list a couple things to do in in February as well, outside the garden. All right. So the lunar calendar, that is in this issue of the common. We talk about the moons in December, January, and February. So in December, it's going to come on the 7th, and it's the cold moon. It's fitting. Mm -hmm. And then January is on the 6th, and it's the wolf moon. So, apparently, with the wolf moon, it's the breeding season. For wolves? Yeah. We don't have wolves. We have coyotes. Does that count? I mean, they're, yeah, I would think there's breeding season for coyotes, too. So, they're howling. They're howling a lot. (laughs) February 4th is the snow moon. Fitting. Yes. Snowiest month of the year. We usually get a little snow in Huntsville. It's usually like one good day of snow. It's perfect. It's all we need. One, yeah. Just one day. One day. All right. So then in December, we have a couple things going on in the night sky that I'm looking forward to. We got to definitely mark this on the calendar because these dates just fly by and you're like, shoot, totally missed it. On December 8th, Mars is going to be right under the moon. It's in the sky, I think, like right now. It's been in the sky. But this is going to be super bright on December 8th, right under the moon. And it will look like a big star. Yeah. It's going to be a little reddish. That's pretty cool. And And then the meteor shower. The meteor shower is the biggest one of the year, up to 120 at its peak, December 13th and 14th. That's a Monday and a Tuesday. And we're going to go, we're going to try to go out to the farm. And get in the back of my truck and get a bunch of blankets and watch them. Okay. December 21st is the winter solstice. 
So the first official day of winter. And there are so many different traditions that you can do as a family or start on your own for the winter solstice. So it's the shortest day of the year, right? Mm -hmm. The least amount of sunlight. Mm -hmm. And if you just go online, Pinterest, Instagram, look up Charlotte Mason moms, they have all kinds of fun things that you can do. We're a classical family now. No. (laughs) You will take that out of this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We do go to a classical school. But anyways, we can still do Charlotte Mason. She's pretty cool still. Yes, she's the goat. Okay. So yeah, there's all kinds of winter solstice like things you can bake and traditions to start with your family. So we're planning on trying to implement some can of those. Can we avoid the pagan stuff, please? <laughs> you know, <laughs> she's rolling her eyes. Okay. All right, let's move on to the recipes. Also, if you do have little kids and you love Little Bear, there's a really good winter solstice Little Bear episode. Is there a Bluey episode? No. Of the winter solstice? No. Okay. No. Bluey. Okay. Recipes. Recipes. So we have, for our winter recipes, we have nourishing bone broth, green bean bundles, Christmas cinnamon rolls, and Brunswick stew. So for the bone broth, one of the things that kept me from making bone broth for so long was that you were boiling it on your stove and it takes forever, like an entire day. Since I found out that you can make bone broth in the Instant Pot, it's been a total game changer. So the recipe that I have put up on the website is for bone broth in your Instant Pot. The last one you made was really good. Really, really good. celery in it, eggshells, bones. Yeah. And I just like to sip on it. It's good... It's so good for your gut, healing for your body. You can get your kids to drink it when they're sick. And you don't have to just sip on it. I'm not a big fan of sipping on it. I don't know why. It's just hard for me. So you can use it to make your quinoa or your rice Mm -hmm. or what else could you do with it? I mean, that's that's good. Use it in all your soups. Yeah, use it in your soups. Some people make bone broth hot chocolate. Really? Really. It's a thing. Um... Green bean bundles. So whenever we go anywhere and we're asked to bring a side dish, this is what we bring. This is the side that Taylor made for me on our first Valentine's Day. I think so. Yeah. Date. So it was the first meal I cooked. It was a part of it. They're so but good. It's brown really sugar good. and butter and, and bacon. I mean, how can you go wrong? Exactly. Okay, and then Christmas cinnamon rolls. We started doing these. Gosh, probably eight years ago when we first had Virginia. The first time she did it, she tried to do it on the morning of Christmas. Doesn't work. You have to. Do not (laughs) do that. But we. You won't be eating breakfast until two o'clock in the afternoon. That's true. And everyone will be very hangry. (laughs) (laughs) So we use Pioneer Woman's recipe, and it makes so many cinnamon rolls. So we started giving them to some of our family, and then one year 
we started giving them to friends, and now it's a running list of people who have to have our cinnamon rolls for Christmas morning. Um, so we put her recipe up, and the icing that's on her recipe is a coffee base and maple, and some people, Taylor, don't love that kind of icing, so I have a cream cheese alternative if you'd rather have that kind of icing. And then Brunswick stew, Taylor makes the Brunswick stew. It's just good. It's hearty. It's like a South Alabama thing, I think. Yeah, I never had it before. You. It's really good. You throw the whole the whole fridge in there. But that's the recipe I've used for a long time. And if you don't have a garden this winter but you want to buy seasonally, what you want to be looking for in your grocery stores are is as local as you can get it, but spinach and Brussels sprouts, cabbage, kale, carrots, turnips, lettuce, collards, like lots of dark leafy greens and satsumas. satsumas. Yeah. Satsumas. We got some satsumas from South Alabama. It's when we go see my parents in South Alabama for Thanksgiving every year. And now it's kind of a tradition. My dad has a friend who has a satsuma tree and we always go pick them. And it's my favorite fruit. And now Wendell's favorite fruit, which is an answer to prayer that yes. he's eating something good for his body. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if you if you were to go and, and you had a farmer in your area that was growing market vegetables, yep, yeah, he's going to have a lot of your leafy greens right now. Maybe some carrots and some radishes, but a lot of good leafy greens. So that is our season of dreaming. I think our favorite part of this issue is that when you go over to the back, there is guided prompts on your winter dreams. So put it going ahead and writing down, you know, it's the season of dreaming. So going ahead and writing down what you're wanting out of your garden for the coming year. So for me, next fall, I want to have pumpkins. But in order to have pumpkins in the fall, I need to be thinking about that ahead of time. So we have bullet points for you to write down all the things that you want to have in your dream garden. It's for kind the year. of like a New Year's resolution, but for your gardening efforts. Yes. So like she wants pump she wants to grow pumpkins next year. And for me, I always plant a great garden in the spring. And then like come June, late June and July, everything is dying out and there's this, like, from July to August, in early September, before the fall stuff is really ready, there's this big lull. And even when I was, like, farming, like, market garden, like, selling commercially, trying to do the thing, that was the hardest time. That uh, You do all that work in the spring, and then, you know, you got to come back and, and fill in for that lull late summer. And so this year, that's something I want to do, is to try to have some fresh stuff coming out of the garden in July. In mm-hmm. August, September. Um, yeah, so that's another example. So on the back of the issues, what Morgan's talking about, we used to just have, and we might go back to it, but for this one, we thought it'd be appropriate to not just have the lines to keep notes, um, but to give a couple of different props. So one of them is like your your dreams, what she just mentioned, the upcoming uh, year, what you want to see done in your garden, and what else did we put there? Uh, a place to draw out your spring garden. So... We're going to take some pictures yeah. of what I did and share it 
so you can maybe get inspired because what I did was I drew what our what's currently in our garden and then um, early March we're going to be putting some stuff in um, and taking some stuff out that's in our garden because you know what's our in our garden now is really our fall garden that we're overwintering and then come March I'll start changing some stuff out and then another rendition of the garden that'll be our like full-on spring garden when we're putting in the tomatoes and peppers and so I kind of planned all that out and and then the last prompt we have is kind of looking back uh, on this past year you know what was a gardening accomplishment I'm proud of is uh, the prompt so yeah we really hope these things are are beneficial and helpful and mm-hmm. you know it's I like them they're good for me I mean it's nice to have to keep me on track because there's there's mm-hmm. just so many things going on you know there's no chance if I wasn't doing this and I didn't have this around that I would be aware of the lunar calendar like what's going on in the night sky and then just getting the garden the timing and making sure you're starting stuff indoors at the right time and uh mm-hmm. having having even the crop profiles to be able to go and refresh my memory I was thinking today I potatoes I'm putting the potatoes here like there's something you're not supposed to plant after or hmm. you're not supposed to plant the potatoes after something I need to go look at that crop profile to remind myself because hmm. um, I know it's in there so yeah we really hope that these seasonal guides are blessing you and one of the things that we want to remind you of is that there is a QR code on the back and when you scan that QR code it takes you directly to your membership page on the website to where you can look up all those things Taylor was just talking about. And we want to make it as easy as possible for you to get out into your garden and to know what's going on with the seasons. Mm-hmm. So our hope with these seasonal guides is that we have hole punched them. So we want you to be able to take these, you know, this dream garden for the spring or your winter dreams for your coming year we want you to put it in a binder so that next year you can look back and um reminisce over your previous gardens that are no longer there so all right happy dreaming that's going to be it for this episode you can find us online at a commonlife.co and on instagram at underscore a common life if you haven't subscribed to our newsletter definitely do that Uh, It's on the website, the bottom of our homepage. You can go subscribe there. I write about what's going on in our garden, among other things. And lastly, if you aren't a member of our community and receiving the common, uh, a seasonal guide that walks with you month by month on what you should be doing in the garden, you should consider doing that. I put a link in the description of this podcast where you can go and check that out. And until next time, happy gardening.